Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hey, Open Mic Podcast listeners. Want to share your opinions, give me feedback, or tell me what you're thinking? If you do, send me a voice message. Voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio that might end up in future episodes of the podcast. They're the latest feature from Anchor, the platform that I use to make this show. Here are some things that I would love to hear from you. What questions do you have for me? What did you think of the episode? What did you think of the topic? Who should I interview next? Make up a theme song. I don't know. Do your best impression of me. I'll see all of your messages and I might add them into a future episode. Anchor makes that part super easy. You can send me a voice message right now from wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. Just tap the link in my show notes and I can't wait to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Until next time, cheers and be well and enjoy today's episode. It's time for the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Broadcasting live from the Bay Area studios, here at the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. And of course, you never know who may stop by. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Open Mic Podcast, episode 127. And we have a special guest today, Dana Ferrant. She is a businesswoman. She's an entrepreneur. She's an author. She's a podcaster. We're going to have some fun today. I'm really excited for today's episode. Her and I have been working on getting together for a little while. She's very busy. She's traveling the podcast circuit, just talking to lots and lots of media outlets, and we have her today. So that'll be coming up here in just a couple minutes. As always, be sure to head over to our website, theopenmicpodcast.net. That's theopenmicpodcast.net. That's where you can get all the latest and greatest information about the show, recent episodes, everywhere you listen. And we're everywhere. We're literally like on 12 to 13 platforms. iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcast, whatever we are calling it this week. I don't know. Spotify, Stitcher. Castbox, Overcast, Anchor, I don't know. Wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where you can find our show. All you have to do is hit the Googles, the Open Mic Podcast with Brett Allen, and it'll take you to our webpage. And uh, Googles, Googles, Googles everywhere. Anything you ever wanted to know about me and the show, you can find it there. Well, it's Wednesday. I hope everybody's had a great start to the day so far. It might be Thursday somewhere depending on where and how you listen. But thanks again for just joining in every single day, every single week, and just being a part of this fun and fantastic show. Tomorrow, we are interviewing Susan C. Bennett. She is the former voice of Siri, the original voice of Siri, really. And uh, she's just done a whole lot of other things as well. So definitely excited to be talking to Susan C. Bennett And having her on the show, I've got some fun questions planned for her, and it's going to be fun. What an honor. And I also want to give a shout out to Randy Jones of Jones.show for making that connection, and Eric Hunley of Unstructured as well. That's the beauty of podcasting. You just meet so many cool and exciting people, and you just connect. So we will get to our guest today. Again, I mentioned her name is Dana Ferrant. She is a podcaster. She's an author. The Inner Dominatrix Guide to Becoming a Badass in Business. 
the interdominatrix guide, become a badass in business. I'm excited to talk to Dana. Welcome into the Open Mic Podcast. It's good to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much. I am looking forward to this interview. I am too. It's going to be fun, I think. And what you bring to our audience today, I think is super important because you are an entrepreneur. You are a very strong businesswoman and also a former dominatrix. And to get things started, I don't want to get too in the weeds with that because I think most people mm -hmm. know what that is. But honestly, I, I wasn't super familiar. And of course, you know, with the world of internet, <laughs> you can go out there and <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of misconceptions of what that really is. And if you wouldn't mind just talking a little bit about your background as far as how mm -hmm. you got into that, because you go into that story pretty deeply on your website, which I, I think is important to know about who you are, but just kind of how you started out with that. And now you're a very successful businesswoman, entrepreneur, helping thousands of people out with their business and their message. How does it all connect? Awesome. Thank you. So basically, the short version of this story is that I um, I ended up exploring the kink world on the submissive side for my personal um pleasure. And that experience ended up unlocking trauma, sexual trauma that was stuck in my body. And it, it really changed my life because I was able to, for the first time, let go of, you know, depression that I had for years, let go of physical pain that I was going on. And so that, that really opened up my world. And I wanted to actually take other people on this journey. So that's a sh the very short version of why I stepped into becoming a dominatrix was to really step into that healing side. And the piece that most people don't understand about that world is that the setup and the dynamics is very, very similar to coaching and, you know, therapy. And, and you know, you're so you're taking somebody into a space that allows them to untangle their trauma and understand and get on a deep level that they're way more powerful and you know effective than they ever thought they were. I, I could see that, to be honest, because I personally have never experienced it. My really only exposure, I, I guess you could say, would be what you see on television and in the movies and that <laughs> sort of thing, which I don't necessarily believe that would be a fair assessment of it what it is. It never is. They never portray is. any profession accurately, right? Ask a lawyer how well they portray lawyers, right? It's, it's not. So Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine it would be. No. So it's very sensationalized. They take, you know, slices of it, but they leave off all the, what I think is all of the good stuff in how much it can actually change people, how much they can, you know, drop into this, deep level of meditation, which is where we actually heal on a deep level. And we change, we change our patterns, we change how we can show up. And so that's the piece that's so left out. And for me, you know, that world is what is so intriguing. And of course, in stepping into becoming a dominatrix, I found that I, again, I went through another transformation because you can't pretend it's not this fake it till you make it. You have to actually become this, you know, authentic confidence, holding the power, being that person that allows the other person to actually let go and surrender. So that process was where I started to realize the energy of that, 
was needed in business. And particularly, I work a lot with women. And mm -hmm. for women in particular, like to actually be able to drop into that strength in a way that is strong, feminine, quiet, and powerful all at once is needed in the world. Yeah, I can totally see that. And just one small follow-up question, and then we'll mm -hmm. move away from that specifically. So from your perspective, why do most people seek out that particular world? Is it because it's an opportunity for them to heal and to work through certain emotional issues? And so they like to have someone who is somewhat more in control of them and they can sort of deal with it? I guess if that question makes any sense at all. Absolutely. So I would see that there's kind of like you know, two distinct reasons that people get into it. There's, there are the people who, you know, subconsciously, they're looking to, you know, deal with what is going on, they're looking for something that balances out all of the stress and anxiety that they deal with on a day to day basis. Um, and this is a way to counterbalance. So some people go for a massage, some people go for a dominatrix session. And, and it's a way of, like I said, counteracting what's going on. And then there's, there's the other group that, it's an exploration in, you know, challenging their boundaries, challenging their, not boundaries, I probably shouldn't call it that, but they're challenging their well, limits. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, hopefully <laughs> not. Um, challenging their limits. And it's, it's really, it's just a kink for them. It's something that they enjoy. So I would say there's those two factions, but I love playing more in the world of the, um, you know, where does it expand our human potential? Yes. So with that being said, We've answered the questions that of just <laughs> pure curiosity, quite yeah. honestly. And talking about this idea, we, we mentioned this in pre-tape before we started recording, about the idea of a dominatrix world being an archetype for business and control and authority. So you were doing that. How did you decide, hey, I want to make the transition. This is something that could potentially be very valuable in business and helping women out to take that role that for so long has been coveted by men and really move them into a space where they should be as far as equal in the business world. Mm -hmm. So like with most of the things in my own learning, it's, it's from my own journey. So um, concurrent to being a dominatrix, I had a business where I was running a massage supply outlet and I had massage clinics and that business, you know, we had done really, really well. We built it up into the seven figure mark and only on word of mouth, you know, so tr completely attraction marketing, which is fantastic. But the thing is, is that we then started to run into some problems. And I realized that in, you know, in running into that and basically getting to a bankruptcy point, in getting to that point, I had to really take stock and look at the fact that I wasn't bringing all of these amazing leadership skills that I had in my personal life into the business. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I brought that in, the business changed dynamically and the interaction with customers and suppliers and, you know, all of those things really started to shift in a way that was more profitable. It, things flowed with a lot more ease. And I realized that it was it was easier to say no to things that were not a good fit. And it was easier to pull in the yeses and the opportunities. So that was really the transformation for me where I thought, you know, 
this energy, this dominatrix energy needs to come in. So I get the hairball idea to you know, brand it as the inner dominatrix for better, for worse. I'm married to it now. So, you know, that's where this all came about because I could see that whatever we call it, it doesn't matter. I call it the inner dominatrix energy, but whatever you call it, it's missing for so many women in particular. It's missing. Yeah, I think so. Because again, just going back to our original thought, I can see how the two really are working well together because it's an approach to business. It's a mindset that I think maybe a lot of entrepreneurs are missing and need to get that piece. So that, that brings me to a question. What are some of the common mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making? And and I don't want to completely just categorize women, because but although that is who you work with primarily, but just mm -hmm. as an overall perspective, when you approach somebody or they approach you and they're looking for help or advice, what are some common mistakes that you see them making that need to be tweaked right away? I think, you know, so we've got two things going on. So I want to address the fact that you know, there's the symptoms, there's the things that people see on the outside, and we'll call those symptoms. And the symptoms are things like inappropriate pricing, whether it's too high or too low, or it is, you know, not having a good message, you know, the clarity of who are you serving? How are you serving them? And, and so that's the outward. And a lot of business coaches can take a look at that and say, okay, well, we need to change this. The thing is, is that if we don't change what is going on on the inside, if we don't change, you know, the alignment piece and getting really comfortable with it, we can't effectively put the other pieces in place. We're always going to have some sort of outward symptom that's going to be showing where we're not in alignment. And it's that, that piece, that energy piece of being in our inner dominatrix, being really confident about who we are and how, how we're serving, willing to, you know, to lose so that we can show up for the person that's in front of us, however that needs to be, then, then it's easy. It's easy to craft that message. It's easy to say, okay, where am I at in the pricing point? You know, what is, what does my business require me to charge as well as what do I bring to the table as far as can I back up my claims and having that, you know, ideal fit in the pricing. So it's, it's a bigger picture than just saying, here's the symptom. So what types of businesses or people do you work with specifically when they reach out to you? Who, who, who is it you typically deal with? So I, I work a lot with coaches, business coaches, and, uh, and a lot in the real estate area as well. Okay. So now you're in Canada. So is that where primarily most of your business is or no, you work I, all over the place? All over. I love working with Americans. Um, getting paid in American dollars for a Canadian is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So let's talk about your approach to business. How has it changed over the years since when you first started to where you're at now in particular? What are some best practices that you have developed that others could potentially benefit from? I think one of the things that I've been reflecting on lately is that, you know, I really wish, and you know, there's no going back, but to, to look back and say, you know, that first year, even when I was doing this as kind of a side hustle part time, if I just spent a little more energy in, you know, really wowing people, giving them that experience, even if I was giving it away, find ways to give it away that they don't feel like it's an imbalance or, you know, that they owe me something. But having those things where 
where it builds up not only testimonials, but it also it builds up raving fans because the more people that you impact, then the more that they're able to, to speak highly of you. And that's what I find over the years, the people that I have touched base with and didn't done say maybe 15 or 20 minutes and said, here, let me give you a little bit, a little sample or a little something. Now they're the ones that are always commenting on my feed and, you know, helping me to actually grow my reach. So that would be my big thing is, you know, really provide great service, great value in the beginning, even if it's free. And sometimes that's a bit of a mindset because in the beginning you're like, but I need money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you need a long-term game. You can't be doing it about today. You have to think about what are you building for the next five, 10, even 20 years. And I, that mindset of the long-term game is a huge shift. Love it. Absolutely love it. And I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes they don't think that far ahead. They just look at, I agree with you that I got to make the money now. But I think, and you may have a different opinion about it, but as an entrepreneur, I think you have to be able to see the big picture without all the puzzle pieces involved. Would you agree with that? Or or maybe do you have a different thought process about that? No, I, I completely agree with you there. There's, you know, we need to have those t- days where we pull back. And for me, I love getting together with my mastermind group. So I meet with them once a quarter and we sit down for a whole day where we are completely unplugged. Nobody's in an environment that is their own business. And you can kind of, you know, sit back and say, what is the bigger picture? Where am I going? How do I want to get there? And, you know, for me, I also find it helpful to, you know, to brainstorm with somebody else and get that outside input because somebody else comes along and goes, you know, I see you doing this. You've done this the last two quarters. Do you, do you want to maybe look at how, what that is, what's really going on and and why that keeps looping around, you know, that outside perspective often gives us really valuable information. So, you know, whether it's a paid or unpaid mentor, having somebody that will tell you the real truth is huge, 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 huge for business. Do you feel that everyone has the ability to be an entrepreneur or is that a skill set that has to be learned? Uh, Not, I wouldn't say learned. I think there's an essential component that you have to be the type of person that is willing to take risks, you're willing to live and, you know, run your business, I say, like an extreme sport. Because, you know, sometimes so many times you're all out, right? You think about people who who do that free form rock climbing, you know, no ropes or anything. That's an extreme sport to me, you know, (laughs) one wrong move and you're Mm -hmm. dead. And there's an there's a slight element to that as an entrepreneur, that, well, especially if you want to build something big, you need to be willing to take those all out risks in order to get the big rewards. Yeah, I think that's key. And I, I like to ask all my entrepreneurs that question because there's a lot of people out there who say that they are, but really they're not, so to speak, because you can have an idea, but sometimes those ideas are nothing more than just dreams and wishes. And mm-hmm. if you're not willing to, step out and take the risk, well, then it's not really worth it because that's not what you're really doing, so to speak. It's more of a hobby, I guess you could say, than anything else. I think there are lots of people who do um, what I would say job entrepreneurship you know, they they just they create just a level of income for themselves and they're self-employed. Hey, all the power to you. But it to be an entrepreneur, it takes a whole different level. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to talk about your book, which I did read. And if you haven't oh. read this, you have to. It's the Inner Dominatrix Guide, Become a Badass in Business. Mm -hmm. Now, just the title alone gets your attention. It's like, okay, I want to read this. <laughs> so where did the book come from and how did you develop it and why? Okay. So I, you know, being that this is for entrepreneurs, I'll, you know, openly admit, first and foremost, it's a marketing tool. Okay. There we go. And second, I have had so many people want to know the story. They yeah. want to know that background of, you know, why the dominatrix? That is a crazy theme to be, you know, to be leaping off of. So more people wanted to know that background. And then I wanted to bring, thirdly, I wanted to bring the concepts of, you know, from the dungeon translate them and show people why that translates into business. And then the, the fourth thing, of course, is bringing people tools, tools that they can actually action on. And it was so amazing. I had I had my first book club and they invited me to come in and join their book club. And so I got to talk to some people who have read the book who have never met me and hear that they are actually able to implement the tools and creating changes in their business. So for me, that is like a complete high that it, yay, it yeah, worked. I would say so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. So for those who haven't read the book, what is the overarching theme that you're trying to get across to your audience as far as these are some things that I've learned and that I would like you as the reader to take away and, and hopefully, you know, be able to put into practice. Mm -hmm. So I would say there's two main themes. One is getting out of judgment of yourself, which is essential for being able to move forward in your business because we you're not going to take action if you're thinking, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Who am I? And, and the other thing is this change of perspective because again as an entrepreneur you need to constantly be thinking outside the quote-unquote box you need to think how else can i do this how can i approach it what's a new spin what's a new angle what's not being done in the industry and so you know this idea of approaching things from the dominatrix world and translating it to business allows people to shift their brain chemistry in a way that makes them think differently yeah. And I think that's what it takes, you know, as mm -hmm. a real internal and mental change to get out of like bad habits maybe. And I want to talk about that a little bit more, but I wanted to get your opinion on mentorship. And I like to ask all my entrepreneurs this question because we live in a world where everybody wants a mentor or wants to be a mentor. What is your approach? What would your advice be to someone who's seeking out like a mentor like yourself or someone else? The best way to get their attention and to really get their time because everybody wants everybody's time, I think. Yeah. And, you know, so first I'd like to clarify that, you know, typically the word mentor is somebody who's unpaid. So it's somebody okay. who is in your industry further ahead, they're doing what you want to do and you'd reach out to them. And it's somebody that you would touch base with, you know, anywhere from once a month to once a quarter, somewhere in there, you know, that's mentor. And I think a lot of the business coaches and, you know, coaches in general are using the term mentor. And I think it's misleading because a mentor is meant to be an unpaid position, but hiring a coach, I think is, you know, in a lot of ways more valuable in that you're touching base more regularly 
and you're you're getting suggestions and strategies as well as yes this is what i've done or you know and and sometimes a mentor might be somebody that's got there themselves but do they know how to you know to translate that for you to be able to understand pick it up and go somewhere with it so you know having somebody unpaid sounds really great as an entrepreneur when you're still in the shoestring budget end but you know, there's, there's coaches at every level. And, you know, even if you get somebody that is you're working with, you know, for 15 minutes once a week, you're going to move yourself incrementally forward that much faster. So ideally, probably finding someone that's in your lane in particular, and not just completely reaching for the top or maybe on the same level, if that question makes any sense. So Okay, so if you're going the unpaid, I, you know, definitely reach for somebody who is, you know, three, four steps ahead of you, right? They're, they're, they've, they've been successful. So if you're brand new to whatever industry you're in and you're making less than 50,000, then go and seek out somebody that's making two, three, four hundred thousand so that you can, you know, kind of bridge that gap and say, what did you do to, to get here? Um, if you reach out to somebody that's making four or five million, there's they've done so many more steps in between that they may forget what's in that beginning phase, right? And so, and then if same thing, if you're working with a coach, you just need somebody that is a little bit further ahead than you or has the skill set to say, you know what, this is what I see is going on. This is what I can see from all angles, you know, your mental, your emotional state, but also the strategies and the implementation saying, this was what needs to be tweaked, tweak this, and then come back and we'll give you the next step. So you're kind of given like bite sized pieces. So when someone reaches out to you specifically, let's say through you have some social media platforms that you're active on, mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, and I think I talk about this a lot. It's just kind of become a thing. LinkedIn now has become a hot space for people to connect with people that they may not normally connect with in the everyday world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes to you and says, Dana, I have this question. Do you have five minutes? How do you handle that just in your personal world? Do you answer questions or do you say, Hey, Maybe you should check out my website because you're very popular and I imagine a lot of people want to have your time. So I'm mm -hmm. curious about that aspect is how you specifically deal with that world of, hey, can you help me? Do you got a few minutes? <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I approach this very differently because I do a lot of energy work and I'm, you know, really dedicated to this path of staying true to, to me, being aligned, my intuition and following that intuition. I apply that to this situation. So if somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, you know, I have a question, then I will first of all, check in. And, and I just check in and ask myself intuitively, you know, will this further my life to, mm -hmm. to take a few minutes? And if that feels light, then I will set parameters and say, you know, okay, give me one specific detailed question and I'll answer it. And if you want something beyond that, then we can talk about what that looks like as far as a coaching package. Yeah, I love it. I think that's important because you probably have to guard your time, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. especially with the type of business that you're running, you know, it gets imagine, I, I can imagine a lot of attention. And so people just want to jump in and go, Oh, I wonder what 
<laughs> Dana has to say about this or about that. Now, you offer other things too, and I want to talk about your trauma release program because mm. I find this very interesting because there's a lot of trauma that can exist. There's PTSD. There's things that you know people have dealt with in their life previously. I would love to know more about this. What is it? How does it work? And what are the benefits of it if somebody wanted to participate in it? Thank you. So that program, I've actually converted that into a completely free program. And the the modules that are in there walk you through being able to unlock some of the trauma on your own. There's also energetic healings in there that you can use for yourself. And basically, you know, if you're in a position where and, and this happens to a lot of people who've been through sexual trauma, they end up with a lot of money trauma as well. They end up with a situation where it's really hard to make money because it's not safe to be seen. So then if it's not safe to be seen, it's really hard to run a business. And so giving them that base tools where they can start the unlocking um, is really, really vital to me. I found that I was running that program and because of where I like to go with the inner dominatrix, it was kind of in conflict to do the base work for, for sexual trauma. So I, I now realize that I need to work with people once they've done that base work. So I've made that program completely free for them to do the intro piece on their own. Absolutely. So does trauma turn out to be something that can, you, you touched on it just lightly, but that can affect people in business as a whole and that mm. has to be dealt with first or is that something that they can deal with and work along the way while they're trying to build their business? Both. You know, for some people, it really, it needs to be addressed first. Um, I have lots of clients who it's it's a factor. So like I have one client who I just finished working with her. She had a huge lift and she couldn't close her sales. Like she just wasn't closing. She wasn't closing. And she's been to, you know, all the closing experts. She's been to the business coaches and and then she heard me speak and I talked about this piece about trauma and it's like you cannot invite people to work with you when that program is still running in your system. It is really it's repelling mm -hmm. because you have this energy that is a push energy and instead of inviting people in. And so in removing that her business has skyrocketed because now all the other pieces that she's been doing up until now are already in place and she's taking off. Wow, that's an incredible story. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand too that you need to find help if possible to, to work through these issues. And whether it's through Dana's course, which I recommend, or another course, whatever the case might be, to really seek those things out and, and to understand them. Because you know I've dealt with trauma in my life as well, and I didn't realize it until much later on that holy cow, you know, my life has been affected by, you know, physical abuse as a child and that sort of thing. And it really held me back for a long time in doing certain things because I don't know, I was blaming people for other things that really didn't need to be blamed for mm -hmm. when really I was dealing with issues <laughs> that were triggering me from my childhood, which I didn't know. And it took a long time to really unravel all that sort of thing. And yeah, just kind of figure out, hey, you know, this is something that needs to be dealt with. So I'm definitely going to check out that part of your course, because I, I just find all of that so intriguing. So the big question is, you know, what's next for you? You've written the book, you're speaking, and you're doing all these other things. 
what what else does Dana have going on that we need to be aware of that we can be a part of? So more of the same. We're we're just you know ramping up all of the things. There's um, the Inner Dominatrix Guide is a series. So I have uh, I have about three more titles that are my brain is rolling around that I want to get out. So there's more books um, on the website. If people want to get a free copy, a digital copy, of course, of the book, they can go to the innerdominatrix.com and get the the book. Um, as far as what's what's next, it's it's helping more people. How can I help more people to get out there, be visible and really standing in their power in a way that feels good and makes some money? Absolutely. So one last question, what advice would you have for entrepreneurs or listeners who are wanting to build a business? If you could just give them a piece of advice that maybe you wish you had been given or that you feel would help them be successful in, in their pursuits. I think the biggest thing is to to learn to play, to really, you know, be playful in running your business because when you look at people who are having fun in doing what they're doing, they are inviting you. Like you want to join what's going on. Nobody wants to go to the boring party where nobody's doing <laughs> anything, right? It's like, oh, here's this party and there's no drinks and we're just going to sit around. We're not even going to talk. You know, you don't want to go there. But like, you know, down the street, we got Bob's having the limbo party and there's some margaritas flowing. And so, you know, when you can run things in that space where you're really having fun, it's an invitation for people to come and play with you. That invites them in. That is makes you magnetic. That's one piece of it. Of course, there's there's also some other secrets that I share with people, but that's yes. a huge <laughs> piece of becoming magnetic for people. Um, so it's it's tough in the beginning when you're not making a lot of money or Actually, the money thing can really trip people up no matter where you are in your business. But when we get out of making money real and significant and we get back to playing, then it's amazing how much easier it is to pull in clients, how much easier it is that the, you know, the money comes in and you know, opportunities land. All of these things line up when we are playing. Yeah, I think so. And I like your perspective on the money part because you can have a lot of it and still have problems and not mm -hmm. understand how to manage it. And then of course you wind up broke or you make a bad financial investment in a business and you're like, Oh crap, I wished I hadn't done that. And so I appreciate your honesty and candor on that piece of it as well, because I think it's important to understand the whole picture of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and to really take those daily steps and just put all the pieces together. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. where can people learn more about you? What are your socials? So we can share those with our listeners. And if they want to reach out to you and use you as a business partner and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really very fortunate. I am the only Dana Ferrant in the world. Um, so last name is spelt P-H-A-R-A-N-T. So if you Google me, you get on any of the social media platforms, most of them are uh, at Dana Ferrant is my handle. So I'm pretty easy to find. And then, like I said, go to innerdominatrix.com and get a, a free copy of the book. And all of her socials will be available in the show notes as well for you to take advantage of. Dana, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
All right, that brings today's episode to a close. Be sure to check out her website, DanaFerrant.com, and her book, The Inner Dominatrix Guide, Become a Badass in Business. I love that title. Until next time, let somebody know that you love them, let them know that you care. Hit the subscribe button as well. We'll talk to you soon. Be blessed. That brings today's episode to a close. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help. Until next time, cheers and be well.